Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the literary race edition. I'm your host, Karen Lance, my amazing co-host today, who hopefully will not hurt herself too badly by laughing due to lack of wisdom teeth, is C.R. Rice. And our guest today is Connor De Bruller. Yay! Okay. Yeah, you get, yeah. I did. I'm. I'm getting. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm getting better at this. Um. I am still drinking because I put way Skunk too much Brothers. lightning in this. Um. What we're calling the War Horseman, which is Skunk Brother Spirits White Lightning with cranberry juice, pomegranate juice, and elderberry syrup. Oh, elderberry pretty good. syrup. Elderberry syrup. It's healthy. It's part of our healthy line. It's. It's. Our, our way to bring our healthy drinking habits to life. CR, what are you drinking? I am drinking pestilence, which is the green tea vodka, and I did some raspberries in it this time. So it's super yummy. Super healthy. Connor, what are you drinking? So I, I'm drinking long drink, the Finnish long drink. Uh, it's a gin grapefruit, Tom Collins essentially, with added juniper berries for flavor. Um, it's been the most popular drink in Finland since 1952, when it was popularized by the 52 uh, Helsinki Olympics, and uh, they just started uh, importing it to South Carolina. Well, that's fancy. That's super fancy. Okay, let us talk about our favorite rapid-fire questions. What is your favorite book of all time? Uh, 2666 by Roberto Bolaño. Why? You know, it's, well, it's a thousand pages, so it'll do you for a while. Um, you know, it was the first, you know, I think everybody has that one book in their reading life that they were just ready for when it came out. They were in the right space at the right time. Um, I was looking for something new and interesting to read, and I had become interested in Mexican 
South American literature, Latin American literature at large. I had discovered Bolaño on Halloween in, uh, I had gone to see uh, Nosferatu for free at the local library when I was in high school. Uh, how popular I was in high school. I went alone to a library to watch a black and white movie on Halloween. And before the library closed, I started running through, yeah, I started running <laughs> through the, the aisles and I found uh, Bolaño. Um, I, I picked up the page, I picked up the book and I started on page 88 and I read that page and I felt like somebody had uh, just blown angel dust into my face. Uh, I was in a psychedelic state having read uh, these words. I eventually went and bought, uh, I waited until Christmas because I don't ask for much. And I bought the novel 2666, his magnum opus that he never finished. And I, and I'm, profoundly dyslexic so reading as much as I do it and as much as I love it it's very difficult for me so reading a thousand page novel was very daunting at 17 and I got lost in it it was the most interesting unusual book I'd ever read in my life and it, the writing was so different it was so fresh I remember being up on a school night at 10 o'clock at night the light on reading this book going you can write books like this you can do this you know the whole his whole style has that that sultry bizarre haze like you're not quite there like you just got off a plane you're jet lagged your internal clock is saying that you know it's five o'clock in the afternoon but you walk out into the empty parking lot with the lights the sounds of sirens in the background you're not quite there. It's a haze. And I just fell in love with it. His, his style was so unusual. And his, uh, his breadth of the story, there's parts of the book that take place in Atlanta that I knew parts of the streets he was talking about. There's parts of the book that took place in Nazi Germany in 1942. There's large portions of the book that take place in Northern Mexico. Um, you know, it, it had this melding of the thriller and the literary together with the political, you know, a, a, a Mexican early 70s socialist political policy. And, you know, it was just the right book at the right time. And I go back to, to that writer, Roberto Bolaño, all the time uh, and read his shorter works and his other stuff. I reread parts of the Savage Detectives and 2666. And uh, it just, there's nothing else that lifts me out of the chair and hovers around the room, you know, like his work. You know, it's just so, uh, you know, it's so alive. It's so unusual. You know, it's like, a, you know, it's like somewhere between Almodovar and David Lynch. You know, he's just amazing, you know, so. Yeah, 2666. Favorite book, hands down. Very cool. What about the least favorite book you've ever read? Um, um, maybe uh, the least, the least favorite book that I've had to read cover to cover? Yes. Um, 
Uh, it was a book I had to read in middle school called Catherine Called Bernie. It was the diary of a young girl in uh, the Middle Ages. And um, yeah, I just found it really stale and pointless. And, you know, it was school, so I was forced to read it. And I don't read very well. And I was struggling. I struggled through most of my schooling. So yeah, that, that book just didn't do it for me. Everyone else in the class loved it. And I felt horrible for being the odd one out who was like, I don't really like this. You guys like this? I don't think this is very good. Wow. You finish books? Will you finish them if you start them? No. No? No. If, if a book doesn't uh, do it for me, you know, I have no uh, compunction about letting it go 80 pages, 70 pages in. Um, it's it's you know the author it, it, they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna be crying over me they don't care what i think <laughs> i guess so shells okay if you could be any supernatural creature who would you be what would you be bigfoot bigfoot one thousand percent okay bigfoot. my ex-wife used to uh call me a sasquatch um all right yeah bigfoot is one of the more interesting myths because it's not scary you're not they, they try to in some bad movies and some documentaries make bigfoot scary but that's not why people are interested in bigfoot bigfoot is not a haunted house um bigfoot is not the chupacabra um bigfoot is us he's anthropomorphism he's humanity mythologizing where we came from uh down the, the the evolutionary line um the the reason we're interested in bigfoot and want to believe that this 10 foot tall ape is still walking through the pacific northwest and the florida everglades and north carolina and minnesota he's ever he's in china he's in australia he's everywhere. the yeti it's all over the reason we love those stories is because it's uplifting it remind it, it's a celebration of the natural world to to think that we haven't solved every mystery that the natural world has to offer. And Bigfoot is the hope that things are going to, we're going to continue to discover things that we haven't destroyed the planet to this nth degree. You know, this big ape that is, you know, it's us anthropomorphizing ourselves. You know, he's this giant ape creature. He's very solitary. He's alone. He doesn't want to be seen. He just wants to be one with nature. He wants to be at peace, you know. And plus, you know, his gait is really cool. I'd be big for yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> That's a good answer. I like it a lot. What is your favorite um, book that has been turned into a mini a show or a movie? Like, what do you think they did really well with? Favorite book that was turned into a movie and they did a good job and they did a good job uh, or tv hmm. show it could be a tv show because they've done some really good things with tv shows yeah uh, yeah they definitely have a favorite book that was turned into a series um, um you know I, I i really thought they did a really good job with the devil all the time by donald ray pollock um that's a tough book to adapt and i thought that uh scarsgard and pattinson 
and that whole group did the, did the film for Netflix, I thought it was pretty darn good. I thought it was pretty stellar. And the irony, the book was a big deal when it came out and the movie didn't get great reviews and I thought they adapted it really, really well and really faithfully. Very cool. I have not seen it. I'll have to check it out. Chelsea. I haven't either. Okay. If you could be any main character from a book, who would you be? If I could be any main character from a book, hopefully one that doesn't die a bad death. Yeah, and you have to live their life. You can't change anything. You're just beginning hmm. to end. Beginning to end, live their life. I could be any character. I would be Ojeo uh, Lacontre from Amulet by Roberto Bolaño. I, I would be a Mexican poetess or a Uruguayan born Mexican poetess and just live in Mexico City in the 70s and uh, foster all of these uh, young uh, poets on the street. That's what I would do. That's a great, a great book. And then have a psychedelic experience where I see the future while I'm locked inside of a hotel bathroom. I mean, where else would you have them? Uh, no, it's a, it's a bathroom at the University of Mexico. She's inside because there are riots and she has to keep herself safe. And she starts to see the future in the sink in the bathroom so and and she doesn't die horribly spoiler alert she lives a wonderful <laughs> life i would live that life okay what about for a sidekick what character would you want to be your sidekick my sidekick um i, I the original robin from adam west's batman but i would just be me <laughs> i would just be a normal person you know, living my life, delivering for Uber Eats, and he would be next to me and be like, six dollars? Holy heck, Connor! And I'm like, calm down, Robin. We'll get to this. And then everybody just wonder what the fuck is going on. That is awesome. That would be amazing. That is awesome. Um, when you're reading, because you mentioned you were dyslexic, or you are dyslexic, I don't know that you yeah. that goes away. Do you nope. prefer paper or do you prefer electronic? Is there a way that's easier for you to read? So there are electronic fonts that are easier to read, um, but I've found that as time goes on, uh, I just need a font that's decent size. It doesn't have to be large print, although large print helps. Um, a decent sized font. So um, probably the hardest thing in the world to read are, you know, um, are religious scripts like the Quran and the Bible. The, the, mm -hmm. They jam pack thousands of words into those little pages. It all starts to blend. Um, yeah, reading is, for physically reading, reading a book, um, I can last for about an hour and a half before it starts to make me a little nauseous and ill. Um, so there are limits to that. Um, so I'm a huge audiobook fan. I love to listen to audiobooks. Uh, and I'll often read a book and then listen to the audio and then kind of see how the cadence fits the physical look of the words on the page. No, that makes sense. Jels? All right. What is your favorite weird food combination? Oh, um, savory oatmeal with hot sauce. What, what is so a savory I'll oatmeal? Just make oatmeal 
and then uh, put a soft boiled egg on top uh, or you know sunny side up egg on top with a little avocado and hot sauce and that's breakfast so uh, and cheese cheese is it helps so savory oatmeal don't don't put milk or any fruits or anything sweet on there just you know as much tabasco as you can palate okay i, I don't know how weird that is though because it's kind of like unless it's flavored like if you I like oatmeal, i hate grits for I the love burning her. passion. So it's little, it's like little freaking maggot things just in a bowl. Like, no, it's like farina. I can't do farina. I like polenta. I don't know how much I like farina. Oh. It's all weird. But it all I looks like, like little bugs. I like the actual tube of polenta and chop it into, you know, little pucks like patties and grill that on a skillet. Okay, that's different. That's yeah. different than like actually creaming it and creating like no, a no, no, almost no. mashed it, base. Yeah, I can't eat anything uh, creamy or, or runny and I never use spoons. You never even spoons? Don't like spoons. Wait, so are you saying you don't eat cereal? Never. Never. Can't I'll, stand it. No, no you don't. No, you don't. No. Find it. I, I actually can't be in the same room with it. It's a uh, it's since childhood. I hate it so much. You know what? Where's uh, my close... cereal bowl? No, so no, lucky no, I can't eat don't. cereal right now. I'm actually. I'm not allowed to have It's actually not funny. I I've thrown up before when friends were eating cereal. cereal. Um, I can't stand it. I just think it's disgusting. I I think it should be illegal. Um, I. It's my entire uh, diet. Yeah, I get nauseous stacking it when I worked in grocery for so long. Um, that is so different. I, yeah, I, just, I think it's the worst stuff in the world. And, uh, you know, it's it's not allowed in, in, in my apartment. It's not allowed in my house. Um, I close my eyes when cereal commercials come on TV. I think it's the worst stuff in the world. Wow. A that wow. is insane. I, I'm not even joking. I eat an insane amount of cereal. Like I have a special bowl in everything. Well, like, I will I never come to your so house. Sad. I mean, yeah, I would never do that. That would be torture. I mean, if you ever needed to get secrets out of you, I mean, I, I know the answer of how to get it now. But oh, like, that to make is... myself grossed out. Okay, let's stop talking okay, about cereal. Next question. All right. What is your writing kryptonite? Like you can be on a roll and if it happens or whatever, all of a sudden you can't write anymore. Um, physical pain or nausea. I, I can't write through illnesses very well. Um, I really have to be feeling healthy and sharp to write. So if I, you know, uh, if I have a muscle strain or I'm experiencing illness, um, I have a cold or the flu or the the effects of the COVID boosters, or, you know, if I'm have an upset stomach or I'm nauseous, or in the older days in college when I was hungover, I can't, I just can't write if I'm not feeling a thousand percent sure. It's my brain just doesn't want to focus on anything other than the pain. Uh, so writing kryptonite, I can pretty much write anywhere. I've written on the backs of receipts. I've written on I've written in the margins of magazines. Um, I've written at works. I, um, you know, that's not a problem for me. Uh, if I'm not feeling 100% like 
healthy. I, I can't get a, I can't string two words together. Do you listen to music when you're writing? All the time, all the time. What do you listen I, to? I like to listen to smooth jazz. If the scene is very calm, um, I love Charles Mingus. I love Miles Davis. I love uh, I, uh, Chet Baker's okay. I, I like, um, yeah, Mingus and Davis probably. The, so that 1950s style jazz. Um, I listen to a lot of the, the lo-fi beats stuff on YouTube, um, the binaural beats for focus, the ADHD music, um, anything. I've listened to the sound of desert winds especially when I was writing my Western, I listened to a lot of desert winds to get me in the mood. I'll listen to the haunted house stuff. If I'm uh, writing a spookier, scarier scene that needs to ramp up. Um, uh, and then in between, like if I need to take a break, sit back and then come back and write another paragraph, I'll listen to some music, music, um, country, Towns Van Zandt, Steve Earle, um, I love hardcore death metal. Um, I love Napalm Death, High on Fire, uh, Bong Ripper, Dope Throne, uh, Black Metal, uh, all of it. And so it, in between that and, and that, so. Do you do a lot of writing? Um, you talked about writing on receipts and stuff. Do you do a lot of writing by hand or do you mostly yeah. on computer? It, it's a mix. Uh, sometimes I write directly onto the computer and sometimes I, I have to sit and write it out by hand. And I find that if I know, it, if I have a good idea of what those first few sentences are going to be, and I have the rhythm and the sound correct, um, then I can write directly into the computer. If I'm a little, I guess if I'm a little out of step or I'm going to write but I don't I'm not necessarily inspired and I don't want to, to necessarily sit down and write but I'm making myself um, the 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 journal the, the you know the, the actual physically writing it out uh, you know you give yourself this mental uh, this mental trick where this isn't real I can throw this page away it's not it's if it's in the computer it's real this, people are going to judge this and you're a bad person for writing it badly. But if it's in a journal, it's like, no, no, this doesn't matter. This is no big deal. You just uh, uh, dangling modifiers. Who cares? Nobody's going to see this. You don't know how semicolons work. Just write what you need to write. Enjoy what you need to do. And then you can go back. And when you transcribe it into the computer, your, your editing brain takes over and you can why did I write that sentence? That's awful. This needs to be here and that needs to be there. You can edit yourself. There's a second layer to it. It's a, you know, sometimes you just have to switch yourself up. You know, sometimes, oh, I'm, I just can't get a sentence down. The, the pen and the paper is kind of that lubricant. You know, it's like just to just get it down, right? Give yourself permission to write the worst page you've ever written. And at the end of the day, you'll find that you did okay. You're better than you think you are. Very cool. Okay, Chels, final question, my friend. All right. What is on your anti-bucket list? A thing you will never do again. A thing I will never do again. Go to college. 
I'll never go to college again. Um, Anti-bucket list, things I'll never do again. Or something you never want to do. I, I, I never want to work in the medical field again. Um, that that's that time has sailed. Um, I, three years was enough, and and it, it, it uh, to be completely honest, it wasn't very pleasant. That makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Well, Connor, we know unfortunately you don't as of yet have um, the media presence that hopefully you will have by the time this episode airs if we can crowbar that in somehow but can you talk about the books that you have coming out yeah uh so uh, i just put out a short story collection but in the next two months i have a uh, a book coming out uh called hollow bible uh it's a crime uh, fiction uh novel uh the main character's name is basil shaver and he is squatting in a motel room on the South Carolina coast, uh, writing down his life story um, as a uh, Category 5 hurricane comes into shore. Um, so his time is running out and the book is, is written, but you're reading his journal uh, and his account of his uh, life, um, which is filled with uh, crime syndicates and, and violence and, and all sorts of uh, really terrible uh, things. Very cool. And the short story collection is called? Uh, Return of the Death God. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on this podcast with us. Yeah, absolutely. This Thank you for awesome. having me. Of course, of course. This has been a lot of fun. So this has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs edition. I've been your host, Erica Lance. My co-host has been the fabulous, as always, C.R. Rice. And our guest has been Connor DeGruyler. And we was of Skunk Brother Spirits, AWA10, coupon code. And we will see you guys next time.